When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Buenos dias. Buenas noches. Buenas tardes. <laughs> oh, I... Um, wherever you are. Yes, wherever you are. I'm still uh, learning my Spanish, and it's almost been an entire year. I know. It's, it's really cool to see the dedication. I mean, I like the gamification of Duolingo. Because okay, Because so- like you compete so i'm in the diamond league which is like the highest league and if i fall below a certain ranking meaning i haven't done as many uh i don't know lessons or things like that then i'll fall below and i'll fall out of the diamond league oh yeah you don't want to do that but i really like the gamification of duolingo so i'm in the diamond league which is the highest league and you you uh you're playing for the rock for jay-z's team no put your diamonds in the air oh i was like i don't understand the reference Okay. Anyway, if I don't do enough lessons or earn enough, I don't know, XP or just points, essentially, then I'll fall out of it and I'll go back into like Obsidian League and different, there's all these different gems as you kind of go down. And it doesn't really matter, but it keeps me motivated to try to stay in the league. I've been in the Diamond League for 13 weeks. That's amazing. So I've just... How many people, what's the percentage, you know? Um, I don't know. They said I'm in the top... 92% of people. That's great. Congratulations. most people don't do it for as long as I, or stay in the Diamond League for as long. Okay. So this is, again, the program? Duolingo. Duolingo. Because I've downloaded mm-hmm. many of these apps mm-hmm. and then I use them and then I don't really enjoy it. And yeah, then I, I didn't like Babbel. Okay. I tried Babbel for French mm-hmm. and it didn't, not that it didn't make sense. There was no like foundation. I didn't understand. And I like didn't know any of the words and it wasn't helping me. Okay. Like with Duolingo, you, I like it personally and everybody to their own, but it helps because first you learn new words. So it'd be like new word. It'll say in purple at the top. And then they use that word in a bunch of different sentences and tell you what it means. And you have to like, first you guess what it means and then they use it and conjugate it. And is it visual? Are there videos? No. Are there photos? Nothing. It's strictly a text-based learning system. Yes, and there's little characters. It's like five in a row. And they have people, different characters speak differently. So okay. one character speaks real fast. One speaks really slow. One speaks like um, our uncle, who's like, you always, he speaks enunciates. Portuguese. But yeah, enunciates very clearly. And yeah, and one mumbles. So you have, so it's like you're getting prepared for the real world because mm. not everybody speaks really clearly. Yeah, your Spanish has improve greatly because you are able to communicate now with people which is interesting to see after a year of and the dedication to stick with something so i applaud you for that um are you ready to take the show on the road should we go to i don't know um, spain (laughs) no we'll have to bring him on he's he's fluent in spanish i have trouble i'm still learning conjugations right now i'm moving from the things are happening now conjugation which is like the easiest for in my experience the present yeah to the future and so you know it's like i don't know like i'm learning is like you could say you're learning and that would just be like aprende but then to say like i'm going to learn or i'm continuing to learn or 
I'm trying to think of the other ways they've used it, but it'd be like aprendiendo, I think. Um, and I'm that's like brand new stuff I'm learning. So I'm like, oh, it's hard. Yeah, you taught me something in Spanish that I was unaware of yesterday. You said it to me and I, I rolled it off and said, oh, of course I knew that. But it occurred to me what you said a little while later and mm-hmm. I realized, oh, I really didn't know that. And it was that <laughs> sombrero just means hat. Yeah. It's, it's not hat. a style of hat. No, it's just hat. Yeah. Just like nice hat. Yeah. Nice sombrero. <laughs> I always thought it was the shaped, you know, the, the, the classic that, Mexican hat. And that might be technically a sombrero, yeah. but in their language, you know, that it's just a hat. I really like a sombrero, by the way. I've had a chance to wear many of them. They're very large. They can yes, be very large. And ornate. They're very cool. Yeah. Imagine having the, the huevos grandes to walk around with a one of those, you know. You walk in your local grocery store. I don't think people store. wear them in that kind of way. Oh, it's more of a festivity, like I a think, musician's hat? I, maybe. Um, there's also, I think, and I could be wrong, but I feel like when I was in Spanish class back growing up, they had like the Mexican hat dancer, like throw it on the ground and there's like certain things they do around it. Yeah. I don't know if that's actually true or not, but yeah. Hmm. I think hats in general probably have gone out of favor in a lot of ways, aside from a baseball cap and yeah. a cowboy hat. But there used to be so many different styles and it's it's quite enjoyable. Well, in the UK, this is one of the things I love about a royal event is the hats. Mm. People love a hat. At the royal weddings, they always wear like fascinators. Because if you guys don't know, my great grandma Pearl was a milliner. So she would make hats. And when she passed away when I was 11 or 12, she was like 91. She had so many hats. And it, I was glad to know my Aunt Roxanne kept, she has them. Because I was like, whatever happened to all those? She she has the whole collection? Mm-hmm. Oh, you should get, uh, hope maybe you can get one or get some photos at least. I could probably ask her for some photos. Yeah, that's cool. But she had them in all these fancy hat boxes from like tiny little boxes to these big things to, it was for traveling, something like all locked up. And mm-hmm. I mean, a whole bunch of things. It's just, it's different how people used to dress. And, oh yes and it it's funny because you could say it's like fancier or nicer but it was almost like casual clothes just no one made them like mm. it was like people like made clothing like you either wore like overalls and a button-up for work or you put on your like jacket you know what i mean i don't know yeah mm. i re- i remember so yeah we've we've gotten to fast fashion right where it used to be unfortunately things yes. were durable i remember <laughs> mechanics for automobiles would wear and gas station attendants would wear like a full-on tie and and a hat and they're a bow tie with but they still have overalls on like their worker man stuff yeah yeah and and mechanics would be dressed like doctors where they'd have like a a lab coat on Mm -hmm. and you're like what a different era Mm -hmm. there's a photo of my dad wearing a lab coat working on a a vintage i don't know what it was maybe yeah well now they wear like the onesie things you know yeah oh yeah (laughs) those are those are interesting you know who makes one who? And I was looking at possibly getting it, but Dickies? then I was, no, Levi's has a oh. full jumpsuit made of denim. And I was like, I wouldn't mind a denim jumpsuit. Where would you possibly, or to work in the yard or something? No, like it, to go to a fancy dinner. <laughs> <laughs> you can go by yourself. You know, I'll be that's that embarrassing. guy. No, that's the artist. You know, the, if a person shows up at a fancy restaurant dressed like that, you know. Not to let them that in. That person's. <laughs> Yeah. They just finished working on your car. Yeah, right. The, uh, the compressor's out back. Why is the AC unit out? You right? Know? It's just weird to wear like a onesie. I didn't think of it as as a utilitarian outfit. I thought more for fanciness. That and a sombrero. I mean, I there are really like be... casual jumpsuits for women and men like that. That's fine, but not to a fancy restaurant. I would like um, the, the Top Gun one. 
That mm. would be a cool mm-hmm. jumpsuit to have. A military one? Yeah, a lot of people wear those. But you don't wear them to fancy, again, not to a fancy restaurant. You wear that to the Met Gala, baby. Sure. <laughs> I guess if you pay for your ticket. Oh, I thought this was the Top Gun premiere. This um, is the Met Gala? Oh, uh, I got my date switched. You know, there's a lot of pressure on those people who do the runway at events. Mm-hmm. Do it, Did I wear the right thing? Did people talk about it positively, negatively? And some people push it, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm wearing a chain linked fence. Well, that's silly. <laughs> I mean, it was the funniest thing for me. So I, I love it. Obviously, I love fashion, but it's it's also to me, that's not really fashion. It's more of a statement. So yeah. they're usually like I see them as art pieces. I like fashion weeks because I like to see actual fashion <clears throat> and how they cater it, not cater it, but alter it to make it something everybody will wear because that's how it kind of works. But my favorite of the Met Gala was when uh, Kylie and Kendall Jenner. So okay. the the younger of the Kardashians, even though the name is Jenner, um, they wore dresses that look like the evil sisters in Cinderella. Oh, Corella? No. No, oh. Cinderella. Remember she had the two evil yeah. sisters? Yep. That were like homely and lanky and tall or whatever. And they were like, and they were really mean. They dressed in those colors. Oh. And the dresses look almost just like, I don't think they realized. I'll pull it up. It's very funny. Oh, they were unaware. Yeah. The irony. It wasn't on purpose. Yeah. No. The ugly sisters. Hmm. <laughs> it was just like the, the evil sisters, you know? Yeah. So it was just funny to me. I do enjoy, uh, you know, there aren't that many moments that stand out for me, though, of who wore what at the, oh, I see. The orange and the purple. It's just funny because they compare them to, um, and then they even, and also at the same time, Zendaya showed up looking like Cinderella. Oh. So they were like, what's happening? And there was a lot of chitter chatter about it. But I don't think anybody thought of it. Right. It was just a. I remember Oops. Sharon Stone, someone asked her mm-hmm. on the red carpet, what oh, are you yeah. wearing? She said, the Gap. Yeah, this is a black t-shirt from the Gap. And, and people were like, oh, how brave. How dare. And that was amazing because then the Gap sales went through the roof. Yeah. It's like when someone wins the Super Bowl and they say, what are you going to do now that you've won? And they're like, I'm going to Disneyland. For a while, Disney was paying people to say that. Pretty good. All eyes on the person who just won the Super Bowl or... or uh, the World Series of Baseball. Sorry, that's is what, that where it came that's from? What used to say. Also from the the Super Bowl. I thought yeah. it was a Super Bowl. You've won the Super Bowl. What are you going to do next? Yeah, I'm going to Disneyland. I don't know why you'd say that. I hate Disneyland because you get paid a lot of money by Disney. Oh, Corp. you think that was why? Right, it's all that's genius. Was, that makes sense because you have all eyes on. You know what's interesting though is that people say, "Oh, we're the world champions of football." You're like, "Well, how many countries are you competing against in professional American football?" Yeah. You know, the world champion I, I can see in soccer and, you know, boxing, all these other sports. But when your sport is mainly performed in that one country, mm-hmm. of course, you're the world champions, but no one else is playing your game. So, I mean, I guess, but it, when it comes to, I mean, I guess that's the World Series when it comes to baseball. But for football, it's just you've won the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl is the NFL. That's true. The They're National not saying, Football League. They're not saying you're the world champion. Yeah, the world champion of the National Mm-mm. Football League. But super, uh, certainly baseball, you know, you're the world champs, right? Yeah, but they don't play anybody from any other countries, do they? They play Canadians, mm. oddly enough, in Toronto. Mm. So they play against one other country. The Blue Jays? Is that what they're called? Uh, yeah, the Toronto Orioles. Mm. <laughs> <I'm just fucking laughs> no, we're just kidding. Um, yeah, I don't know. But one of my favorite responses to you've won XYZ, what are you going to do? Was that one guy that played, I think 
I don't know if he boxed or if it was UFC or something. But whenever he would win, he'd be like, I'm going to go home and have sex with my wife. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that guy. That was UFC. It killed me every time. Uh, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. He's a giant. He's a giant. And he won a lot. And so I guess he'd always go home and have sex with his wife. You know. He's but that's a what he would say. Man. It was like, I'm not going to Disneyland. I'm going to go home and have sex with my wife. And you're like, I also hope you get into an ice bath because that was pretty rough. Yeah. That guy's a giant. <laughs> he's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think he ended up in the WWE. W double Sean's been through on this kick. It's crazy. Uh, well, I blame the pandemic, and here's why. Okay. Throughout the pandemic, we all watched a lot of television, and there's a lot of good shows. But eventually, Netflix couldn't keep up with my insatiable appetite for new content. And WWE. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I started looking at vintage footage, I think because of Instagram, they were sharing uh, for some reason, Randy Macho Man Savage was showing up. And Sean could not get enough, you guys. It's entertaining. He's really funny. And then, um, the, you know, these are the classic eras. And the other night, I was supposed to watch hockey. And yep. I have to admit, I turned on wrestling by accident. <laughs> on accident? And it was or very subconsciously you turned it off? Well, first of all, yes, it's scripted. Guaranteed 100%, right? Like there's no reality here. But... It's also very, very challenging what they're doing. We saw, remember how big that guy was? He was like 300 pounds and he leapt from the top rope and he flew through the air and the other man stood there and caught him and he didn't budge. He just caught like a 300 pound dude flying through the air. I was like, I could, if someone threw a five pound rock at me, I'd probably. He didn't catch him this way. He caught him like, like if I jumped and I'm like, Sean, and I was like, carry me over the threshold. That's true. And he was wearing a lot of uh, uh, fringe when he was flying through the air. So it was. But it was just. The fact that he didn't even move, it was like, boom, he just took the weight. Yep. I was like, that's a big dude catching another big dude. And that's why they have so many injuries. Yeah, it, it looks, sometimes they look like they, so it's choreographed, but it looks like maybe there's a mistake here and a mistake there. And that's, you know, sad because these people are labeled as not athletes, but mm-hmm. they are feats of athleticism. It's just the match is fixed, but all matches are fixed, right? Like No, but I, I don't get into conspiracy theories, but I do... It's it's like the same way I would consider cheerleading. Right. That's people like, oh, it's not a sport. And I'm like, well, it's not to me. It's not a sport, but it is an entertainment. It's an entertaining feat of athleticism. Yes. Because you have to be athletic, but it's not really. And then they score it, right? Just like gymnastics, they perform a feat. If they're at a competition, but usually no. Well, I think gymnastics (laughs) itself has become a sport. They don't even do it for. No, not gymnastics. I mean, cheerleading. But people like cheerleaders traditionally are at the game doing rah, 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 sis, boom, ba, whatever the fuck. But I think they have competitive cheer now. They where it's just, do. Yeah. But traditionally, cheerleading is exactly what it is. They lead the cheers of the crowd. Right. They get the crowd going. Yeah, that was its humble roots, but it's moved beyond that. Now it's cheerleader versus cheerleader battle of death in the uh, mm-hmm. Coliseum. You know? Anyways, all I was saying is that that's like choreographed and I think very similar in that people don't call them athletes, mm. but it is feats of athleticism. Interesting. <laughs> the thing that I have a tough time with when it comes to cheerleading or WWE or anything that's not, to me, not a sport, yeah. is that even if you're doing like a cheer competition or WWE, there's no, you're not like competing in the same game. Like you're doing different things all the time. And, but would you say that ice skating is a sport, like figure skating, I should say, or gymnastics? Yeah, I think it is, right? Yeah. And so what this is is you're being 
judged on putting together a series of moves. Mm-hmm. I guess so. And you're getting a score and you're outpointing the other person for your pageantry and your, your physical mm-hmm. prowess. Mm-hmm. I think that's what wrestling is. It's just more fluid. And they're, they're, they're doing a performance. They're getting a score. Maybe because they don't. Maybe the difference, because maybe we shouldn't compare it to cheerleading. Because within that, keeping that in mind, you'd say, yeah, cheerleading is like clearly just a, a sport. But the wrestling thing is there's no real winners. That's it's true. all fixed. It's fixed. And that's probably. That's where well, you remove the sport. Mm-hmm. But it is a, a physical dance, almost like ballet, but with giant steroid uh, people. Yep. The steroid ballet. Yeah. The all steroid ballet. <laughs> Just call it what it is, you know. Just it's give pageantry. it a different name. Man, and their their sense of fashion is outrageous. The women and men. I mean, this is. I wouldn't call it fashion. I'd say their costumes are outrageous. It's like Daytona Beach with a bunch of uh, superheroes that don't I, have any real powers. I really don't enjoy it at all. Not yeah. even a little bit. So Netflix is, we're running out of new material and I had to find something new. It wasn't on Netflix. It was on YouTube. Yeah. Sean went down a rabbit hole of Randy Macho Man Savage. He's like, watch this one. I was like, meh. He's a good actor. <laughs> no, it's so stupid. He's a good actor. Miss Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> you know, like that's his only is just making that noise and making his voice weird. And then he just says stupid shit like take this towel for the sweat you're going to feel. And you're like, what are you talking about? You're, you make zero sense in what you're trying to say to me. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't a prolific writer, but he was, his performances were excellent. He never broke character. No. I think that's all he really has going for him. Also, his hair is like frizzle frazzled to the max. He had it like shoved under a sweatband and it was like, it reminded me of Wayne's world right. when Garth's hair is like, no. The 80s Dana. were a crazy time for hair. I remember yep. looking at um, yearbook photos mm-hmm. of those who came before me mm-hmm. in the hallway of my high school and seeing like what was going on. They were on. in the hallway in your high school? Yeah. Every year, mm-hmm. uh, every class that graduated that uh, year's. Uh, collage or whatever of like all the grad photos oh. they'd mounted on the wall so you could see all the way back to the inception of the school what oh, everyone looked like ours had our valedictorian would be up in the library oh that's a nice. picture of them yeah. along with the president mm-hmm. of the united states mr that's, president that he, it's like the that, same for four years and then it's <laughs> no. everyone gets their marching orders from mm-hmm. the valedictorian and the president the valedictorian oh yeah that one too <laughs> it's not valid victorian no oh oh really yeah Oh, it's okay. Hey, I'm fine to admit it on air that I did not know that word. Valedictorian and saluted. I think, is it salutatorian or salutedictorian? I think it's... You you salute at the dictorian? Yeah. I'll have to look it up because I don't know I really thought it was valid Victorian. I would would fail. That's that's embarrassing. I should probably cut this out, but I'm not going to. See, so that's valedictorian. Oh, my goodness. And then... I wonder if it'll under it. Does it tell? I want to know if it like the salutatorian and stuff. Oh yeah, salute, saluta, salutatorian. What did what do these mean? Salutatorian. See, salutatorian. Okay. So the second, so the top highest ranked person in school, so is valedictorian. Okay. So if you're the top of your class, you get the highest score. I guess I wasn't because I didn't know. The <laughs> then if you're the second highest, you're salutatorian. What does bronze get? Gift I don't card? think there is one after salutatorian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, who won't, you know? Oh, but then in college and you should, you probably know this is like you can graduate cum laude, summa cum laude, magna cum laude. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's just with great honors. And that, that has nothing to do with other people being higher than you or lower than you. It's because you fell within a certain rank, like okay. 3.7 GPA to 3.8 or 4 or something like that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But valid Victorian. Valedictorian. I know, but va- just think, hear me out why I would hear that, or I would think this word was because mm-hmm. victory, right? Yeah. Valid Victorian. So you're a valid and you're the victor of the oh. EN. <laughs> <laughs> it's How not a embarrassing. Word. Oh my God. It's not a word people use a lot. Right. Look at that valid Victorian. There they go. And no one would, if I wasn't like so close to you talking about this, just us, and we were like in a group and there was noise, I'd be like, you said valedictorian. Like it oh. sounds just the same pretty much. No one's called me out on it. The It's almost like the V turned into a D. Is that valid? Or what? The D turned into valid a V. Victorian. Yeah, instead of valedictorian. So V turned into, the D turned into a V. Because the, the victor, the winner. <laughs> and then uh, also maybe I, I thought if I had to really like, where does this come from in my mm-hmm. brain? Mm-hmm. I would think maybe it came from the Victorian era. Mm, maybe. So you're a valid Victorian. Possibly. You know, things like coffee. I remember taking poetry in college, uh-huh. which was, uh, you know, just those credits. <laughs> that you're like, well, I'll take underwater basket weaving. No. For I'm, two units, yeah. Bob. Thanks. Uh, I took advanced swimming mm. one semester, which was very difficult. I thought it would just be you jump in the pool. Well, and advanced. They used to like tread water forever and shit. They used to make us tread water in this class and mm-hmm. you would take a plastic yeah. chair and our water polo players took advanced it around swimming. The circle. man that was tough why would you have signed up for that it was awesome that's like me taking beginner ballet you guys this was it's hilarious me to and this... my friend jennifer oh really remember you met jen at uh that wedding for elise and her i yes. forget her husband's name but jennifer and i took ballet together and we just laughed at each other the whole time in, in hindsight maybe they are throwaway <laughs> classes but you do learn a lot about yourself I think in gen, yeah. I mean, socializing with somebody else, mm-hmm. learning a new skill set. Well, I was actually challenged by my therapist to do something that didn't take brain power, but was like putting me out of my comfort zone because I usually would take, and guys, hear me out. This is crazy. But I was, I'm, you know, super type A, very organized, like to get all A's, very intense in school, especially, and crazily competitive. So for my like electives, I would take like, I don't know, I took social deviance. I thought that was really it was super fascinating but it was what like a, a social deviant it was like talking about um cults murderers like things that are they deviate from a social norm it's an outlier mm-hmm. from what regular sexual deviance uh-huh. is it always bad to be a, a deviant no deviance really just means deviating from the mean so it's just not quote-unquote normal when so it comes a, to statistics an artist mm-hmm could be a deviant, a social uh-huh. deviant. There were a few artists, especially who, because artists in general know, but if they did, if they showcase something that was a little like, or deviated yeah. from what the times were, they would could, could potentially be called a social deviant. We, oh yeah, so Tropic of Cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, deviant. Right, mm-hmm. when, what was his name? He wrote that, uh, but he was, you know, the, it went all the way to the Supreme Court. Is this smut? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, or we'll this... know it when we see it, yeah, but not when we read it. Um, but it was interesting because in that class, I learned not only that a cult, because we talk about cults like, you know, certain offshoots of the people in the Mormon church, or like it's not an offshoot of us, but people consider it that, like the uh, Latter Day Saints. No, but it's like the, the FLD. FLDR. Yeah. So different offshoots of of certain religions. There's the weird like Pentecostals who like 
hold snakes and it's just crazy stuff. So there's all sorts of, and those are deviants. So those are actually, to be a cult, it has nothing to do with the belief system. It has to actually do with the size of the following. And haircuts. You know, you get a bull haircut or... You know, but it has to with the size sack. of the following and the fact that it doesn't follow any traditional, again, deviant okay. from the norm. So it was just really interesting. And we read some great books. If you're looking to dig into this, Damned Lies and Statistics, beautiful book. The Culture of Fear, another great book. Um, there were a couple more. If they come to my mind, I'll share them. But those are my two faves. And actually, I kept those for a long time. And then somebody asked to borrow them and I never got them back. But mm. That's how books are. I find cults fascinating, mm-hmm. first of all. So social deviance, I think everyone is fascinated by it. If you're on the inside looking out, you're like, well, those people are strange over there. What are they doing? Mm-hmm. And television has provided us with a great window into. Yeah, like that thing I watched on Netflix, the documentary, uh, what was it? Pray and Obey or something? Smile, Pray and Obey or something okay. like that. Um, it was about the FLDR, right. but like this certain sect yeah. Uh, Warren Jeffs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They were, yeah. Kingman, Arizona. Is that where they ended up? Or? I think so. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. And then there was the one uh, Wild Country that was on Netflix and they had moved. Yeah. From, they like all of a sudden showed up in Washington State. Yeah. Was it Oregon or Washington? Maybe it was Washington. I'm not sure. It was like a really rural area. They bought like 50 acres and all of a sudden came to build their compound. Like helicopters and Rolls Royces and a, a guru showed up. What is it? Creed said in the office. I've been part of many cults. You have more fun as a member, but you make more money as a leader. Ain't that the preach, buddy? Preach. But there's a lot of money in it. <sighs> yeah, there is. Which really creeps me out, and a lot of exploitation. I don't know how people can approach the schism that is Scientology. So, mm. on one, do we have any Scientologists out there? If so, tell us. Yeah, and. But see, that's not even a cult because it's actually too large. Because somebody brought that up in my class and Dr. Perrin, my teacher, was like, technically, it's too widespread. It's it's a religion. Mm-hmm. Well, but what I find interesting about said religion mm-hmm. is that, and I, I, I would be very curious to hear a Scientologist explanation to me about it, mm-hmm. but your religion was founded by a man who was a science fiction writer mm-hmm. who wrote a ton of really bad material yeah not even well received no and he wouldn't do uh revisions apparently he would just write it and let it go and so he, he had a lot of wacky doodle stuff <laughs> which is fine battleship earth you the, know the amount of edits you do when you write a book is like right but he was just like you know <laughs> so but he started a religion and this is uh l ron hubbard mm-hmm. and i think in the 50s he may have even said something to the effect of the way to get rich is to start a religion i think that's a direct quote mm. and then he made up his religion mm-hmm. and, and and then he got rich people adopted it i'm rich bitch okay so that's that's one side of the story the mm-hmm. other side is that there's a bunch of people who believe in whatever his you know his his truths were that he wrote down and they it's a church right and and yeah, so I the feel church, like, yeah well how do you as a as a person who's part of this maybe you're born into it or maybe you you yeah the are born converted. into it's a different uh but you have to question your religion. I mean, everyone has to. And if you still find faith in your heart, then that's great. But mm-hmm. the people who are, you know, firm believers of Scientology, when there's some really strange markers, like the guy said, hey, I should start a religion to make money. Yeah. And his his religion sounds very similar to some of his other books that are just well, sci-fi. Well, you're, you're forgetting a key component to religion. I think maybe also because you weren't raised religious. So there's... 
first of all, a lot of people who find themselves entrenched in, in, in something like this, or even religion in general, and I'm happy to hear feedback on this too as well, because I know we have a lot of religious people in our community, and this is no judgment on religion as a whole, but a lot of religion thrives on people who are looking for something, yeah. meaning they feel lost. Like we watched, um, I don't think you watched it, but my mom and I watched that show Sinner, and part of it is they're part of a cult, and they they take in kids who are like runaways is essentially part of a huge part of it. And they've created like a, a community around it. And part of some cults is that then they like cut them off from the outside world. Yeah. So once you're like, you're looking for something, they show, even remember your grandma saying that she, was it the Catholics who helped her out when she first moved, helped her like seal up the windows and stuff because it was getting cold. Yeah. And she was like, they were so nice and they brought over bread and they made me feel really welcome. And, you know, she's like, I didn't even speak French that well. So there's that component of it. Like there's a big sense of community. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're looking for something good or bad or whatever, or if you're just lost, like to hear that someone has the answers, they found the way. There's framework, there's good people mm -hmm. around. You don't have to be And it's not always a bad thing, right? Like having community, having shared goals, supporting each other is all fine and dandy and something that we all need. But it's the part where you drink Kool-Aid and get on the, uh, the, the, the comet's tail or you're like married off at the age of like 16 like some of the you know so they're deviant religions but there's it's not even deviant religions it's deviant behavior it's like specific so mm. if you're looking for an answer and somebody says they have it you're like oh and if you if you have faith in that and you believe in that that's all fine and dandy it's when you start exploiting that or using that to control people which all religions really do use guilt and beliefs faith to control you know what i I've encountered a couple of times. What? The Hare Krishnas. Oh yeah, they were in Santa Monica all the time. They were in Southern on California. Third Street. Mm -hmm. And I also encountered a Hare, I got swept up in a parade of oh. Hare Krishnas in Miami. What's that their belief crazy. system? I just know they wear those orange jumpsuits and they have like a just the rat tail. I suspect it's a matriarchal uh, organization. Okay, it's a bunch of dudes that you see out there. I don't think They're I've the seen ones that a are woman. Out, I think the women send the men out to make money. Oh, that makes sense. Um, but. You know what they're very oh, good at is wait, making nacho know. chips. And what they do is they put soy, have a, have a chip in Southern California. Yeah. Oh my God. It's the best. Do they own them? They are, It's, it's wow. them. I have known, we have a few members of our community who are ex Harry Krishna. I they, don't even know how to spell it. H-A-R-E, Hare, Hare Krishna. Is that how the song goes? I think that's how George Harrison sang it. But they, they take a, the best chip uh -huh. nacho chip and then they add mm -hmm. um soy sauce and they bake yes. it mm -hmm. oh boy that Habit is the chips are delicious it's the best chip in existence i think but are hari krishnas are they exploiting people or are they okay no i think they they believe in goodness and maybe an afterlife and i don't know but they seem like they're i've heard from people, people i've heard from people in our community that are not so good oh very abusive that's a bummer mm-hmm I don't know that side of it, but um, yeah. when I was in Miami, I was there with Lamar's cousin, Demetrius, mm -hmm. uh, Christian, 
and one other person. We were there for RCI, you know, the vacation. Oh, place. yeah, when you were filming all those travel videos. Well, we were pitching them because we wanted to make RCI oh, yeah, yeah, TV. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, we went to their headquarters in Miami and, and told them this is what we want to do, document all your resorts. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have an internal loop or people who are curious about it can mm-hmm. see what the resort looks like. Great idea. They, that was a great idea. Yeah. Um, and they funded Demetrius and he was able to, you know. Oh, yeah, he got that. I yeah. forgot he got that thing. Yeah, I filmed some of them and it was cool. But we were there for the meeting and uh, Demetrius said, I want to jump into Johnny Rockets and grab a burger or something. I haven't been to Johnny Rockets in forever since there was one on 3rd Street. And I think it was Johnny Robert, uh, Rockets, but mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. A little burger and fry joint. And I said, oh, I'm going to use the the phone. I've got a call. I think it may have been you or the maybe Krishna Lamar. The cons- consciousness. Sorry. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I get separated from the group. They go over to the other mm-hmm. place. And then... Um, I hear this cacophony of noise coming down the, the street. It's a small kind of street, but mm-hmm. it's a pretty part of Miami, you know? Um, and all of a sudden around the corner comes, it looked like a thousand people in orange jumpsuits and they were so yeah, joyful. Mm-hmm. And they were... Yeah, they're always singing their songs. Yeah, and they have instruments like little thimbles in their hands. They do the ting, And it was getting louder and coming closer towards me. And It's only been around for 56 years. It was formed in 1966. Oh, is it a hippie movement? In New York City. Really? It's from New York. Interesting. But they have a huge temple in Vrindavan, Uttar Pradesh, India. Okay. So they're probably taking The International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Huh. The IS. I'm going to write away to them and see what they have, you know, what sort of literature. They're worldwide. They have 800 plus temples and centers. Good. Wow. Good job. They're really. So its core beliefs are based on Hindu scriptures, particularly of the Bhagavad Gita and Bhagavata Bhagavata Purana. Sorry, this is difficult for me to say. Hare Krishna's is the largest and arguably most important branch of the Gudaya Vishnava tradition, which has its which has had adherence in India since the early 16th century. I wonder if those are the ones in Indiana Jones Part Three. Kalima! Oh my God, I don't think so. I think that's just some <laughs> was, weirdos they stumbled upon. I was so scared for those kids because yeah. I was that age when it came out. And I was like, kids in cages and like being sacrificed mm-hmm. and roasted over. That was a very scary scene. Intense. That was a very scary scene. I don't it's know. It's funny that sh- I would watch that. My mom would let us watch that. Kalima! He pulls the guy's heart out of yeah, his chest. Yeah, like still beating. You're like, holy shit. Indiana Jones. Like, Remember oh when the, they made a joke out of that in Dumb and Dumber? No. When he pretended he was at like this restaurant. Oh, yeah. And the guy's like, yeah. And they like start fighting like karate. And then he reaches into his chest and puts his heart in a doggy bag. Oh, my God. So as I'm on the street, it's getting closer and closer. Mm-hmm. And but it, hold on. it was Last joyous. Thing, it was formed to spread the practice of bhakti yoga mm. and the practice of love of God in which those involved, bhaktas, dedicate their thoughts and actions towards pleasing Krishna, who they consider the Supreme Lord. Hmm. Does he? Its most rapid expansion has been within India and in Russia. Hmm, bringing the world together. Bringing the, the Hare Krishnas are bringing the world together. I heard so anyway, Vladimir you, Putin uh-huh. uh, was once a Hare Krishna, but he left. That'd be really funny. He didn't like, he thought orange Somebody photoshopped really him in, like with a rat tail and the orange thing. I am always fascinated by Eastern religions. I think it's mm-hmm. cool because it's something I did not grow up with. 
Yeah. And there's a lot of followers of, but I don't know what the belief system is. So I don't really, I didn't, I just read you what I know, Mm -hmm. which is nothing. I just read from, I don't even remember. It already just flew out of my brain. So they're coming towards me on the street and they're like joyous Mm -hmm. and ching, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, and they're singing these great songs and it looked like a lot of fun. And I took one step closer towards them instead of going towards the Johnny Rockets. Mm -hmm. And they, all of a sudden there were uh, people pressed up against me and I got caught up in a parade. And I kid you not, I'm I'm being pushed along by what appears to be almost a thousand people. It was just a, a large parade. Was it all Hare Krishnas or yeah. was it other people? Okay. All Hare Krishnas. You were the only one that was like. And a- I was at the front of it being kind of pushed along. And I looked at the Johnny Rockets and my friends were in the window and they, one of them was like having a milkshake and the other one's having a and burger like, and they're what? watching me and I'm going by in this parade. And uh, it took me about two blocks to get out of the parade. Why didn't you run out of the way? It, it was just, it happened so quick and it was... <laughs> See, that's what people say when they like, get caught Demetrius, up in a cult. You know, <laughs> exactly. I signed up. I, it took me a while to grow that rat tail. but Well, no, there was something. So I watched another documentary on Netflix. Um, I forget the girl's name. But I watched it on the plane. Anyway, it'll, I'll, I'll figure out what it's called. I just can't remember. Anyway, she talks about getting caught up in this cult. It was in Oregon. I forget the name. Anyway, um, it was like almost like a multi-level marketing kind of thing that they get sucked into. You like pay and then they're supposed to like teach you some business stuff. But then, I don't know. Anyway, I can't think hmm. of what it's called. But it's like a Is it weird... Donald Trump's university? No, it's called like, it's like INCK or something. And they're like, and it has like a little, anyway. Triangle. is a Half a triangle thing. I'll look it up. But what was interesting is that they would take them They'd have this big event every year and it was like a big deal to get invited to it. And it was like, I want to say upstate New York or something like, like that. Like the president's circle kind of uh, award ceremony? No, no, like a summer camp. Oh. But the goal and something that you learn in school as a psych major is like how impressionable we can be in these heightened senses. So if you're in a life-threatening situation, yeah. you bond uh, you can go anything from like Stockholm syndrome to trauma bonding to even just feeling a closer bond with certain people. If you're jointly traumatized or fear for your life, there it's it's uh, adaptive for us to bond together because together we're stronger than singled out, right? I think that's why Homo sapiens succeeded where um, other, you know, the, uh, the Denisovians and uh, the Neanderthals, mm-hmm. Neanderthal, Neanderthal. I always say Neanderthal, but I've heard it said both ways. I know. I hear smart people saying tall these days. And I'm like, I guess. Yeah, I whatever. I don't need to be a smart yeah, person. The, the Neanderthals and the Denisovians, <laughs> mm-hmm. apparently they didn't do so well because they didn't learn how to work together. Mm-hmm. Never, you got to have the kumbaya to have the ya. We can't can't do, they can't be like a lone wolf and survive. That's it. So it, teamwork makes the dream work. Exactly. Especially so, in hunting, right? But when you're, you're bonded through trauma, uh-huh. it makes it, it there's certain it's like when we're in fight flight, there's certain kind of bonds that can be formed. Also when we're in heightened states of like excitement and a lot of times uh, churches and religions and cults and things like this will get people heightened by like having them jump around and clap, you get out of breath. And as that happens, your system goes into kind of this, like I forget what they call it, but it's almost like a, a, not a fight or flight, but in like the excitement where you're, you're not a euphoric state. Yes. But if there's a certain word that you they, can hyper oxygenate, right? Mm-hmm. And like a lot of breathing exercises do that. Yeah. And you, you reach it, you get high in your own supply. Mm-hmm. And I think in church, 
they they encourage that you know yeah. jumping around and screaming and shouting and yeah, all pumping someone, yourself up yeah and then someone hits that frenzied state mm-hmm. and has like a mind well then they feel like so connected to this thing and like they're very impressionable so cults tend to do this where they'll have these like retreats yes and get everybody all hyped up ah, they have like all these or they have like trust falls and things they have people do all with the goal this is for like when they're trying to be malicious or controlling or do something you know they do this with the goal of getting people to fall in love with the the religion using that term very loosely and uh I don't know what the word is, but just like dedicate to it, I guess. I think it's interesting, but in order to be successful as a group, whether you're a cult mm-hmm. or some other sort of group, you have to bring get people excited, right? Mm-hmm. And then a, a bond is formed. Mm-hmm. So this is true of professional sports. I, yeah. While you were telling me this, I was yeah. like, this sounds like like then, rooting oh, for a team. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. That's or why, being an athlete. Why do you think people get in like crazy fights all, the, all over the world for yeah. different sports? That's it. It's crazy. And, and the athletes themselves mm-hmm. performing t- mm-hmm. this feat of, of uh, whatever mm-hmm. for an audience for the glory. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure that they also are, are getting something out of it. You know, they're, they're well, money, fame, attention, all yeah, the things. Getting all their needs met. Yep. Hmm. Pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. I find it really interesting. Um, and a member of our community had sent me, I forget what the book is called, Cults and Mind Control or Mind Control and Cults is fascinating. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always intrigued by it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I always, I kind of mock it because I'm, I'm a silly person that way. I, oh, haha, but I don't understand. And then if you think about it, like people, you know, in in tricky circumstances, they've they fall into these things. They're not aware of it. It could yeah. be a multi level marketing. Yeah, it could be a, a sex cult like that Nexium or whatever. That's what I was talking about. Nexium. Oh, that was the thing. The cult where not it's in the, Oregon. Not and, the pill for heartburn, but. Um, it was that it started off as like a business thing for and then women empowerment. Yeah. Okay. All sorts. Yeah. It was Nexium. And they that. got a tattoo for the leader. Mm-hmm. And then they were, I don't know. That's a weird one. They're all weird. And it's interesting because I grew up in church. Yeah. And the, the thought of like us versus them without being able to identify the fact that there are a lot of correlations across all religions with those like weird outlier cult type things yeah it's just interesting um yeah i mm. mean how do you control a large group of people that's snacks what... <laughs> snacks no I mean, with like well, no but seriously think about it. jesus uh everyone's walking around starving in poverty not everybody but a lot of people were poor mm-hmm. scratching at the earth mm-hmm. you know and uh this guy performs a uh, fish for millions you know like he turned you think one that really in... happened no but i'm saying what a good trick to te- hey that guy over there can make bread out of nothing awesome turn water into wine all the drunks are like yeah well yeah Whoa. you know and 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 that's a good trick i'd follow that guy if i was hungry i'd be like i mean if someone actually did that yeah i just think i've always believed and i'd love to hear people's thoughts on this too i've always believed that that stuff is just like it's a fable it's like told with a learning mm. i do know that a fable is when you have a lesson built into a mm-hmm. story that has animals so saint francis of assisi mm-hmm. leading i don't know or uh, well, i used to read serendipity books and they yes. always had like a learning at the end and it was always animals animals so that's uh-huh. a fable i think yep. maybe i wonder what happened i used to collect all those books my mom's probably got them somewhere or they're lost forever and that's fine too mm-hmm. we got deep today we did sean very deep took it deep but i i, I don't want to mock people who are no, caught up but in it's these an things. interesting conversation and i think 
like unfortunately at Pepperdine, I mean, fortunately and unfortunately, we we had to take religion. So okay. we take religion 101, 201, 301. So there are three courses of religion. And you would study briefly other religions and things like that. But social deviance was the most fascinating because I do think that something that we think is normal or not normal, you should be able to like talk about it, decide for yourself and move forward versus like it's right or wrong. Cause Pepperdine's a Christian university. If anybody doesn't know it's church of Christ. So it's like, they clearly believe Christianity. Like one of our teachers um, for sexuality, human sexuality was a course that um, you could take in the psychology space. She couldn't teach about like sex eddy type stuff. They like wouldn't let her. Okay. And so she left the university. She's like, fuck this Uh, shit. Because they were, it was like, they couldn't teach about LGBTQ stuff. And this was, you guys have to remember 2002 to 2006 is when I was in school. Well, I mean, times change and Mm -hmm. sensibilities change. And it's interesting, the older you get, the more you start to realize, oh, things were different Mm -hmm. or things could have been drastically different. But I remember when, uh, I think it was uh, Barack Obama was running Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. For president, as I think he was a junior s- senator or statesman. Uh, I don't know. But I don't think he was pro-gay uh, marriage in the beginning. Because, you know, uh, maybe the the constituency wasn't really yeah, for it. Yeah. And he changed his position. I believe it was Barack Obama. I'll, I'll look it up. I don't yeah. know. I didn't follow him at all, really. You, and, know, like you know, it was. But things change, right? This is mm-hmm. 20-something years ago where he, he shows up on the national scene. No, not 20. Yeah. Uh 16, 17 years ago. Anyways. It'd be a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It says Obama's 20 year evolution on LGBTQ rights. Nearly two decades in politics. He's he's changed his positions. Yeah. So and hey, that's from I think, Time Magazine's article about him. I think that's good. You know, maybe we're as a nation, our sensibility or as people, not just a nation, but that sensibilities are changing for for the better. You know, we're mm-hmm. we're it's good that he his views changed, you know. Well, yeah, but it's just crazy to think, yeah, how things how things have shifted and what was acceptable. And I don't know how Pepperdine is now mm-hmm. because it is still a Christian school, so they they have the they play freedom to do whatever they want, kind of. Um, but I do think when it comes to especially religion, because I got into human sexuality for some reason there, when it comes to religion, there should be real conversations i think the problem for me lies because i was raised in it so it's almost like you didn't have a choice until you're old enough to be like what the hell is this i don't know if i like this dang it i pulled the scientology card imagine you're born into well one of the girls who escaped was like this my parents were like high up in scientology i didn't know any different right and i think why everyone dressed like uh you know why are they wearing orange jumpsuits going down in the streets of miami with their little ting ting, ting right right you don't really get to choose do you remember in that scientology documentary they were all dressed like there was a sequest or something mm-hmm. like they were sh- on a on a ship everyone had uh, it was like the love boat yeah it was weird weird but i find that stuff strange and i think having it i mean we're not having children but if you are it's important to like raise them to question things and to decide for themselves versus feeling like we'll have to be like indoctrinated and, and you can't question it like i remember when i went to i think it was college but it might have been even in high school i had taken some course and i'd asked my mom about like i don't understand because if you don't believe in god then you don't go to heaven okay that was like the premise i was raised on but then I was like, what about people who like never even heard of anything? Like they don't even know who God is. They're like, because I think I'd learned there was a tribe. They're heathens. Well, there's a tribe somewhere that hadn't even had any contact with people before or something. Right. 
And there were quite a few of these back in the day. And I was like, I don't, what, what about them? My mom was like, well, they don't know any different, so they would go to heaven. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it's a to me, but it didn't make any sense. I was like, I wish I was there because I don't have to do all this weird stuff and get up early on Sundays. Yeah, I'm always fascinated by the the uncontacted people or the mm -hmm. people who have a little bit of contact. And I remember taking a class uh, that dealt with them, um, oh, and it was really wild. And we looked at the Yanomami. That was a people. That, Is that their name? Yeah, the, the tribe or something. The, yes, the the name of the tribe, and I believe they're in the Amazon. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think it was Southeast Asia, but I think it was in the Amazon in South America. And I thought these ones were like, I could be wrong, but like on an island like Tahiti or something. So it's a tough gig to be a Christian who's trying to proselytize <laughs> mm -hmm. and go, you know, okay, fine. If you're a Mormon and you're, you wear the short sleeves and you ride around your, on a bicycle all summer. Cleaning people's cars yeah, and trying to mowing convert, their lawn. Mm -hmm. You know, or trying to get people to see your team mm -hmm. for the good guys they are. They came by my mom and Larry's house and at the time, uh, Larry was building this like stone wall along the side of the driveway and there Larry's not religious and my mom I don't know and she can't decide I don't think but um, anyway they were like can we, anything we can help you with and Larry's like yeah I got you know each one of those stones about 70 pounds I could really use some help in finishing this today and the kid's like okay and like he's like I'm awesome. just kidding buddy no <laughs> he was like I'm just kidding buddy I'm not going to do that to you yeah. he's like we're not interested but thanks for stopping by <laughs> that's fun <laughs> the kid was like Okay. This is what I'm here for. <laughs> almost got one today, mm -hmm. guys. I almost got one. All right. I hope you packed a lunch. But those people, you know, you're you're trying to show what your team has. So mm -hmm. you maybe you bring a Bible. Maybe you're willing to have conversations. Yeah. Get the get the conversation going. You know, it's like a, a first date. But I find that interesting that that's like the goal because we always had like missions missionaries out that we would support in our church, like in Zimbabwe and yeah. in I don't even know. Central America, spreading like the word, all right? over. Yeah, spreading the word. By mm -hmm. doing good work. Mm -hmm. the, the Lord's work. You go and help yeah. other people. Some in Mexico, like building wells and schools and all yeah. sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, Lamar had or taken a wells. ton of glasses down to Mexico, like reading glasses, mm -hmm. or, or, you know, so that people could. Yeah. So there's a lot of good that happens. Ultimately, um, the the tough job is the the guys who have to really get out there into the forest or the uncontacted people because do they do that though shouldn't yeah. they leave them uncontacted well Isn't there's that footage like... of the guy being killed i think it's like eight years ago ten years ago oh. he's he's on the shore now oh, everyone oh. knows you're not supposed to talk to these people because they they, they they're, they're uncontacted cannibals. they mm. don't want to be they don't want you to interact with them they'll chase you away with, with spears oh they're like leave us alone yeah so this guy he's on the also beach. they don't understand they beautiful don't... beach by the way i can't wait till there's a club med there but he's he's on the beach and he, he's coming to the shore and he has i don't know like a bag of food maybe or and probably a bible to give them probably. you know and wants to talk they to them kill him the guys come out of the woods and they look agitated they're, they're loin cloths and spears should have ran away you see a couple of kids you're like whoa mm -hmm. like this is people who have not been mm -hmm interacting with society they're they're aware of other people why out there why would you pick those people so he's trying to get close to them and they ran up and they they got him mm. like, i think he gets stabbed if i remember correctly and i oh. probably have this wrong but there's footage you can easily youtube this probably don't sounds pretty no it's gruesome. it's kind of like a from a distant shot it's not bad like but the man is is killed i believe or wounded and i think he went oh yeah he was wounded and then he missionary went missionary killed by indigenous tribe his name was john allen chow okay He's an American evangelical Christian missionary who was killed by the Sentinelese indigenous people in voluntary isolation. So yeah. they prefer voluntary isolation after uh, illegally traveling to North Sentinel Island in India 
in an attempt to convert the tribe to Christianity. So this guy was an idiot because they... <laughs> well, they already knew there were rules. Hey, these it's people illegal. Don't want to, yeah. He illegally traveled there because these people are in voluntary isolation. They know things exist. They don't want it. No thanks. And they're on an island. And there's not many of them. I think in the tribe in the 1970s, they had like... It was in 2018 like, that he died. They had like, you know, 100 people part of their tribe. But I think... What an idiot. Through modern contact, they're trying to preserve themselves. But they're not... It's not like they're having a ton of kids. And I think the tribe has shrunk to a smaller footprint. Like maybe they... We've kind of have some understanding. There's maybe like 20 of them mm-hmm. left or maybe 30, but it's not... They said it's believed because people like there's a question says, uh, why are the sentinel sentinelese? It's S-E-N-T-I-N-E-L-E-S-E. Sentinelese. So hostile. It's believed that the tribal people are hostile because Portman had kidnapped several islanders. He said they located an elderly couple. Wait, Portman, this is the, the guy who's trying to convert them? No, this is. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking. Okay. I'm reading more. The reason why the Sentinelese and the Man tribe is so hostile and isolated is this creepy Britisher. Oh, Britisher. it was a a British person, a trader. Oh, you know, back boats. in the day. Yeah, way back. Oh, he came by and he snatched them up. And they're mm-hmm. like, never again. They're, they believe, they're hypothesizing, they're probably so aggressive because of this weirdo, Maurice Vidan Portman. So here's a big thread about this creep and some facts from my decade-long obsession with this island. Portman was erotically obsessed with the Andamanese, and he indulged his passion for photography by kidnapping members of various tribes and posing them in mock Greek homoerotic compositions. What a different era. So this dude's sailing around on his boat, mm-hmm. going to islands, and then getting his, uh, his rocks off by kidnapping people? Yeah, and he located an elderly couple and a few children that he was able to abduct. The couple Jesus. quickly died, likely from ailments to which they had no immunity. That's pretty fucked. What a dirtbag. Yeah. That reminds me of Tete Clack, mm-hmm. which I love. And I'll, I'll put the link in the description. But what the, a when, creep. When the uh, the two tourists get kidnapped by the uh, the cannibals, mm-hmm. and then they, the cannibals have them in the, the big pot, and they're making a stew out of them. And uh, the, cannibal, the cannibal is like, uh, you know, talking to the lady, and the lady's like, let us out, you know? And the, the cannibal won't, so she's full of spite. And she, 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 she spit, poops. She's <laughs> spitting in the, in the soup. <laughs> and she's like, and he's like, hey, no, don't do that. You know, like you're going to ruin the soup. <laughs> the cannibals <laughs> are mad at her. Mm-hmm. And it's so, smart. Yeah. I'd go pee, poop, I anything think, you could do. Yeah, I'm going to ruin your soup. Do everything you can and make it gross. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then there are laws that forbid. So that's why it was illegal for him to even go there. What an asshole. Mm-hmm. Also, to just exploit like a. I don't know. Just it was stupid, you know. I do find the the uncontacted peoples, and I think obviously every year there's less and less. But I think it's really interesting. Well, they're like they want to be isolated. Yes, they're voluntarily. So they've been contacted. They probably are aware, but they don't want anything to do with it. I wonder if Amazon will deliver. <laughs> the drones like, drop it off. They're like, "Thank you, Mana from heaven." Yeah, exactly. You know? Do you know what a cargo cult is? No. Now, I read about this in a fiction novel, so it could be really uh, loose. Oh, do you want me to Google? A cargo cult? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, in the Second World War, as um, there's a lot of tribes uh, or a lot of peoples that are in the Polynesian Islands mm-hmm. and Micronesia as well. So, Oh, funny. Yes. 
This is interesting. Oh, I love this. Uh, so a cargo cult is an indigenous millenarian belief system in which adherents perform rituals that they believe will cause a more technologically advanced society to deliver them goods. <laughs> okay, so check this out. My understanding. Oh, they have ceremonial crosses. In uh-huh. Vanna too. Funny. Okay, continue. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So during the Second World War in Micronesia, like so off the shipping lanes, yeah. there's, there's islands that Tons have Tons of little people. islands, yeah. Mm-hmm. And How did people get there? As yeah. the peoples? Yeah. Uh, canoe? The, the the Polynesians and micro or they whatever they, they make spread. their way out and so yeah, yeah interesting. island to island and wild yes but some of them are were prior to the Second World War uncontacted peoples mm-hmm. somewhat you know like yeah. we we're aware this other tribe is over on that other island but we but don't, don't really want to go yeah, yeah it's too far it was, and whatever who cares? it was uh, really rudimentary we're self sustaining here yeah and every once in a while they'd interact as tribes but the outside people never really there was no reason to yeah. to see them and. So during the Second World War, as Japan was um, claiming the Pacific, oh, okay. they they would set up shop on islands or oh, and, they'd and then, show up and these people would be like, and then the Americans who are you? pushed the Japanese out of a lot of these islands, mm-hmm. uh, and then a lot of islands weren't really touched. But you see planes flying around, you see yeah, giant boats. Like, you're like, what the this? fuck is this? Like, <laughs> you know, it was mm-hmm. chaos for a lot of. This is my understanding. I could be wrong, but well, it's like um, the way people are talking now about like those tic tac things. Yeah coming into our sphere they're like is that an alien right ufo what the fuck is you that? imagine you're yeah you're used to rowing around in a canoe mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden a, a metal ship shows up on the horizon you're like what is that or flies through the air yeah, and like, you have no knowledge or understanding of how something like that can be created yes mm-hmm. and so uh the americans in an effort to to combat the japanese mm-hmm. um they they would set up bases sometimes or they would use an island as a staging zone and then they would push the Japanese back from that yeah but once they had set up on that island they would move on they wouldn't mm-hmm. need that island anymore because the the line was pushed yeah so oftentimes when they were setting up they, they would meet these uh native yeah, people, people come out of the trees like, like what the hell? what the hell a boat showed up and yeah. and they'd set up like maybe a small air base mm-hmm. they would leave a bunch of cargo mm-hmm. to appease the people like mm-hmm. oh chocolate bars uh lanterns here's some ketchup just kidding yeah you know <laughs> just random shit spam you know mm. But they, beans, canned beans. Absolutely. Think of what the people of World War II would have mm-hmm. with them. Yeah, in spam. A, you know, exactly, preserved meats. <laughs> yeah. And then they would move on and they wouldn't come back. And then these people would talk and they would form these, they would absorb these stories like mm-hmm. uh, from well, that then grandfather era. To, to child, you know, through generations they would share. And one day. A pilot these, showed uh, up. These big boats showed up. Yeah. And they dropped off all these, and they probably have like a can left. And they're like, no. <laughs> a, zip lo- uh, a Zippo lighter. And mm-hmm. you're like, wow, look at this. and Or a, a mirror surface. You know, mm-hmm. things like refined ore yeah. or metals. Refined like, goods that they what don't. What the fuck? How, yeah. how did they do that? Mm-hmm. So, but the, then. Are we pe- like the indigenous people of the galaxy? I think so. We're like, <laughs> we like what come is out it? of the trees. We're wearing loincloths. We're like, what? How Spaceship did you do this? Up. Yeah. <laughs> magic you know mm-hmm. that's what you have to ascribe it to if you can't explain it scientifically with yeah. your your foundational knowledge that you have as a society everything else is magic mm-hmm. or religion well even like i mean you think of indigenous people always uh calling on the gods of like weather you know whether it's sun or rain or rainbows or everything apollo would get up in the morning mm-hmm. with his chariot pull it across grab the sun across the yeah sky. to make sense of things that you don't have 
knowledge or greater understanding to make sense of. Now we know that the earth is flat and the sun uh, <laughs> is a, you know, and it, no. and, and we, no. the sun revolves around us, you know. I love flat earthers trying to explain why it's flat. They're like, but when you drive, you just don't see it anymore. And I'm like, because it's curved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you, you, have you ever gotten in a boat? Do you all of a sudden just fall into space? I have never really encountered a flat earther ever. Due to the internet, I have I have seen them, and you're due like, due to what? the internet, not yeah. due to uh, what's the due to <laughs> through the ability of the internet, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I've been able to view people with those viewpoints. You're like, that's so it's so strange, foreign, and bizarre. And I just have to say, it's it's ignorant. Are you? Is there any flat earthers out there? If so, please argue your point. We will listen. The ignorant bastard. <laughs> we will listen. No, we won't. <laughs> that's a group that you can safely, you, you know, these days you can't. You can't mock groups, your identity. So yeah, it's no. it's gauche to to mock anyone. But flat earthers, I think we can all bind together as people and say, please that, the stop other, pretending that you believe this. That's yeah. how I feel. Like, please stop pretending that you think that's true. Yeah. It's probably on like 4chan or something. There's like flat earthers that are really serious. You no, know, there's like people on Twitter and everywhere who think that people like I'm sure they're on YouTube. Mm. We should censor them. <laughs> No, people need to get all the information that's out there from bad and good resources and be able to discern. You what's should have correct. access, right? And if someone's a flat earther, like, check I'm out glad. some satellite photos. You decide for yourself. Does but it look flat or not? I'm glad that those people shared that opinion because then I can really make an objective decision about is this person a moron? You know, answer, because if you're a flat yeah. earther, I'm not going to, tr- you know, uh, your ability to to parse information is corrupt somewhere you you have a faulty belief system yes i don't uh, understand that's the thing is i guess i don't even know how this became a thing like when what like what how i don't know i have so many questions well i i think um for a long time religion dictated our comprehension of the the universe right before the scientific tools told us other uh, other things were true otherwise okay yeah and we discovered that oh we're a heliocentric uh, uh, solar system. You know, it's a solar system. Everything mm. moves with the sun because of the gravitational. I did forces. not know what heliocentric meant, but okay. As opposed to um, believing that the Earth was the center of the universe, because oh, we yeah, used to we're believe so that. Ego-centon- yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we just didn't know. We didn't know that those dots I in the sky were planets. Egocentric, which is not what I meant. Dystonic. No, that means it goes against our. I, that has nothing. I'm. Oh. We're. What is it when you think that you're? Your world or your culture is the best. You're a narcissist. No. I mean, yes, but no, it's it's called something else. It's like the reason that when you ask people to draw the world in different countries, their country is always the largest. Oh, yeah. Ethnocentric. So we're like, I don't know, globally centric. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of what we're talking about today, we're just spitballing here, but it, mm-hmm. it's belief systems. Yeah. And it, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. until you know and then if you know and you don't use that knowledge then you're you're a knucklehead you know <laughs> or you know the incorrect things right? right if you're like a flat earther and you're like i have all this evidence i knows what i knows mm-hmm. as, ricky, as ricky and trailer park boys would say you don't own nasa <laughs> <laughs> what do you own space yeah it's nasa eyes the who buys the boat and eyes the who sails her you know mm-hmm. all right should we get into letters sure probably have time for one i feel like we've talked a lot we're at an hour, so we could uh, flip it around. But I thought we had a good conversation about 
uh, beliefs and systems. I don't know. Oh, totally. No, I thought it was a great conversation. But we have time for one letter before we wrap it up today. Wrap it up. Oh, and my finger in uh, finger turzen, no finger parlance. Um, it, I think I'm going to be all done with Band-Aids and stuff in a couple days here. Probably by the time this podcast goes live. That's awesome. It's all sealed up now. But I just, it's still a little tender. But man, the skin is so dry. <laughs> on that finger because i haven't been able to like really put lotion everywhere it's amazing um how our body works like healing yeah that you get to watch it actually heal that up yeah you think about if you have a car accident Mm -hmm. the car doesn't heal itself the 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 metal doesn't uncrinkle or seam back together repair it you have to do things but our body's doing that really on the inside it's it's just yeah but I think a lot, of, it's interesting you hear about technologies where like, oh, it's a self-healing product now. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I, It'll fix itself. Yeah, yeah we're, we're getting to this weird materials property. I always wish when I had this little tiny incision, like a quarter of an inch, I'd wished it was like, what was the show we used to watch, the space show, where they would like get injured and they'd put something and it'd just heal. Star Wars or Star Trek? No, like... One of your weird like belters and the oh yes I don't know what it was called I forget that that was a good one though yeah the in not inverse but anyway they had this like the doctor who wasn't really a doctor it was more like a scientist would just come in and like place something on them and it would just heal up I would assume we're getting closer to it every day because it, it, yeah this took I mean it didn't take that long my body did a fine job but it took. Like three weeks? What was once science fiction, the realm of science fiction eventually becomes science. Mm-hmm. If you look hard enough for the answers. <laughs> Is that the motto? Well, we already know. Like I can stimulate uh, an injury or mm-hmm. injured tissue and it'll regenerate because we're giving it the stimulation it needs, right? Like I think you can heal people a lot quicker these days. Than oh, well, you we have better past. tools and we also have better ways to sanitize, which yep. promotes healing and leaves bacteria and infection at bay yeah Keep, keeps them at bay. stimulating the muscles to grow back you mm-hmm. know um electrical currents and part of me wondered if such. this healed even faster and didn't get infected because i had to take the antibiotic for my that dermatitis thing i had very well could i'm kind of does anybody else feel this way i feel like i've been and it's because i just got stuff done like i wanted to get this taken care of this was bothering me i need to go to the dermatologist I, we had i had stuff i was taking care of and then my back was like hurting I'm kind of just sick of being so high maintenance. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm glad I don't have to put deal with this anymore because like the cleaning and the binding and making sure everything's just right and not being able to get my hand wet has been super annoying. Like all sorts of random stuff. I'm just ready to be done with it. I'm trying to remember to take my antibiotic. I have like five days left. I'm just like, please be done. Right. That's why elective surgery is wild to me. Mm-hmm. There's some people really put themselves through it because they're they're unhappy. And I get it. I don't judge uh, if it's a cosmetic procedure. Oh, yeah. But elective surgery is, it's a big choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this was like, we didn't know. It's benign, by the way. We got the pathology back. Although it's funny, my doctor is so, I mean, he's about my age. Maybe that's why he just talks to me like, hey, buddy, you're good. Don't worry about it. He's so lackadaisical. My dentist is like that now. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this is just the Texan way. Maybe. But he's, he's good at his job and like everything was done properly. But he's like, I don't worry about you. You're an adult. You know to take. I'm like, I need specific details about what to do and not to do. And so when he left, I asked the nurse. I'm like, okay. So he said, don't get it wet for 48 hours. She's like, no, no water. Keep it dry for at least 48 hours. She goes, I'd do another day just to be sure. Well, yeah, if you get it wet, it turns into a gremlin. It does. 
comes Idle hands out. are the devil's work, you know. No, but it was like infection. And anyway, he was just so lax. And then we took the stitches out or the nurse did that hurt like a mofo. And he looked at it. He's like, it's good. It's healing. He goes, just for another week or two, you wear this a week or two. That's a huge swath of time, dude. Tell me how long. And he's like, you'll notice it seals up. It'll be light pink. Then you don't need that anymore. Well, that's when he said that will happen between one and two weeks. It can't be exact. Like on I Tuesday know. at four, your finger is going to be But fine. I had to ask for more. Mm-hmm. And that's when he's like, it'll get light pink. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. I just wish, I feel like I had to really advocate and prompt for information. And we all know how exhausting that is sometimes. And I'm just I like. I feel like you just want to maybe fill out a Yelp card. Mm-hmm. No, but I really liked him. Yeah. And then he even called personally to check in and to tell me that they finally got the pathology back on the little nodule and it was benign. And also, like, he wanted to ask you to dinner, which I thought was awkward. I was no, like, he has like four kids and happily married. <laughs> what a jerk. Really? <laughs> Sean, he's happily married. It I'm was no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how's your finger? By the way, what are you doing on Tuesday? I mean, I could look at your finger over a glass of Chardonnay or something. That'd be weird. That'd be real weird. <laughs> Awkward moment because I don't like Chardonnay, but. <laughs> I don't like Chardonnay. That's true. But anyway, he's like, I'm putting it in your you know, your portal online, get in and it'll I'll write the actual what it says. And in the portal, it just said benign exclamation point. Feel free to call if you have any questions. And I'm like, OK, what was it? Question number one. Our dog is really snoring. Good. She's comfortable around us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she farts. Right. We're like, ah, oh, so comfortable. B9, B8, B10. Mm-hmm. Which one is it, doc? Remember when, B9. remember when, um, I almost called him. What's the code in the ICD for B9? <laughs> Paper cut. You're what looking for bastard. battleship. <laughs> he sunk my battleship. God damn it. My finger. Um, remember Kevin in the office when he gets his results back from his mole that could have been skin cancer. Oh yeah. And he's like, it was negative. And Michael's like, no, we're going to get through this buddy. <laughs> Little did it cuts to Michael. It's the only test that I guess negative is actually positive. <laughs> no, there's a lot of tests that you want them to come back negative. Oh, boy. Such a funny show. Great. Okay. Letter? Sure. I'll take uh, R, S, T, L, L, N, N, a vowel? And a vowel. You're taking what? which vowel? Okay. Are you ready? Whoever takes like not the E, that person's just We have a letter from Mimi. Mimi? Mimi. Mims. Okay. Ready? It's entitled Hanukkah Eating Disorders and Anonymous Users. I'll take anonymous users for 100, Katie. You've got it. Hello, hello. Howdy do. So I was listening to your latest podcast and people were talking about traditional family foods. We were and we are. Made me think of upcoming Hanukkah or the upcoming Hanukkah holiday. The main foods we eat are very oily. Oh. Really? Rich in calories, so it's probably, you know, calorically dense means it's a good meal. I guess I've never had traditional Hanukkah foods. I've had like a Shabbat and I've had like matzah. I love matzah. I remember I bought the boxes of it and I was going through a matzah phase. Yeah, we could make it again. I love matzah. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Dumplings, baby. It's dumplings in chicken water. But it's like, yeah, it's good flavored dumplings. Yeah. Okay. This is because, so they're very oily. This is because the main theme of the holiday is based on the story of how miraculously there was enough oil. Oh, I've heard this. There was enough oil in the jug for the menorah in the temple. That's what Hanukkah, the festival of lights. Right. They didn't have enough oil, but somehow it miraculously stayed lit. 
for the people mm-hmm. so that they didn't uh, fall in dark times? I don't was really it like seven days of while, yeah. while they were under attack or something. Something like that. Okay, and they hid in the temple. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> You're just I'm, making shit. I'm so rude I love how I well you know. put together a fake story. Yeah. They were hiding in the temple, mm-hmm. I, but I, I don't. It's funny because I, I know a bit about Catholicism or Christianity. But remember Ari Shafir? We were listening to special. He yeah. talked about this. How yeah. there was not enough oil, and they said, "What are we going to do?" And they just said, "Just try to keep it lit." And it stayed lit for seven days. And I know Hanukkah is like the festival of lights or festival of light, I guess, technically. So there, there was not enough oil in the jug for the menorah in the temple. So we eat a lot of fried foods. I like that. Because there's enough oil. Look at all the oil. It's funny. I know. So we eat donuts and latkes, which are basically patties. I love latkes. Give me a good latke. I, it's like a potato pancake for people who don't know. Really. That's the best way I can describe a latke. Cool. For dinner each night of the eight Hanukkah nights, my mom will make a different type of latke. Yeah. Can we come over? We have potato latke. Oh, see, that's what I've had. Cheese latke. Oh, go on. You're not going to like this next one. Tuna latke. Hmm. I love, I, I would like a crunchy. So mm-hmm. it's tuna mixed into a bread and then deep fried? I'd assume. It may be really good. Sean's funny about warm tuna. Would I be able to have mayonnaise with it? I would assume so. Well, I'm down because that's oily, right? That's more oil. Put on the oil. It's light the menorah. And then okay. you put it on the Ritz and it's delicious. Vegetable Locky says we try to get creative. I love it. You could try like apple. Ooh, apple an apple and fritter. Cheese. Hey, what is, that's one of those amazing combinations. Mm-hmm. Cheddar cheese mm-hmm. with apple pie and mm-hmm. a dollop of ice cream, vanilla ice cream. Remember, thank you for smoking when the the group would get together and they'd have an apple pie with American cheese on top, a little flag. We should do that. Mm -hmm. We totally can. It's like chocolate chip and peanut butter. My mom made you all of those uh, pie crusts. I know. I've got a couple left in the freezer. (laughs) I know. Hmm. Okay. I'm doing, moving on. I'm doing intuitive eating as a lifestyle because I have a history of eating disorders. I had a sleeve surgery because I was getting really unhealthy from being obese. But when I decided to have the surgery back at the beginning of 2021, I also decided to go to therapy. I love to hear it because I knew I needed more than just a physical change. So thankfully, I've grown a lot and become more healthy, both physically and emotionally. All of this to say that Hanukkah is going to be challenging because there are so many parties and dinners and all of it revolves around food, Uh, which I guess we all do for all holidays. We make it about the food. So good luck to me. Best of luck. I'm sure you did fine. I think something that people struggle with is because a lot of the food can be tempting. And my biggest advice to anybody is don't save anything on your plate for like the last best bite or any, just eat as you want and check in with yourself between kind of like, you know, when you get thirsty and you want to take a little pause, take a drink, you're talking to someone. That's Uh a time to check in with your hunger fullness. And people who tend to overeat always save this last perfect bite. So even if you're full, you feel like I need to eat that. So that's why it's important just to eat it. Mm. Eat it up front, eat it in the middle, whatever. Just don't save anything. Just eat it as, does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Also want to mention that I love all the content from you guys and also from Katie about therapy. Most of what you talk about are things that I relate to. So thank you. You're very welcome. I'm glad you're liking it. Last thing is that I created this user just so I can write in a oh. bit, bit more anonymously. Super secret. I watch everything under my full real name. So if you're thinking like, hey, she hasn't even subscribed. Ha ha, gotcha. <laughs> I'm just not subscribed as this user. LOL. It's like David Redacted. 
also hi david so here's what i think we have going on here mm-hmm. i think we have our first spy for OTDM. We have a person undercover. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. And uh, secret, secret. I've got a secret. Right. That's dun, their theme song dun, 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 at our spy dun, dun, department. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so if you want to be a spy, you're going to have to work with Mims here. Oh, maybe Mimi, Mimi could be our spy. Yeah. Yeah. Our chief, our, have our to head, ask spy. David, head spy. <gasps> David, do you need a, a spy for anything? I see. It says tons and tons of love to y'all. Mimi. Thanks, Mimi. And we actually have a letter from David. I see it, but we haven't got to it yet. And we also have a thing from Tom on lifting uh-huh. and trains. <gasps> but we'll have to get to that next week. You know, one of the things that Tom does uh, with his power lifting, I wonder if mm-hmm. he's ever thought about combining that with, you know, like the strongman competition where the guy pulls the train. You ever see that? No. The strongman competition is an interesting one. I think. Tom, it's, have you done that? Yeah. It's always Scandinavian, like uh, a person named Magnus Magnuson Carlson Magnus. Magnus. <laughs> You're like, oh, that dude's a mountain. And they, they do, you know, it's feats of strength. Mm-hmm. Like they pick up a boulder and they put it on top of something. I, or they pull I, a train. I know roughly what you're talking about. I've seen them pull a car, yeah. I think. But I don't know about a train. Yeah. That's crazy. Is it though? Because they're all on wheels. All you have to do is get it going. Yeah, the getting it going is the hard part. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> all you have to do is be ex- incredibly strong. Sean, all you have to do is get this train rolling and then... And you're like, like, I'm trying, I'm trying. How about the train kept a rolling and I just ran alongside of it and, and was like, look yeah. at me guys, I'm making the train move. You just get in front of it and run with the thing. It's already going, yeah. Not, you know, the train would have to be moving very slow. I wouldn't want to get squashed. be a daredevil. He was a dare. Lay down flat. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> oh, do you know who Buster Keaton is? Mm-mm. Is it Buster Keaton or Buster Douglas? No, Buster Douglas was the boxer uh, in the 80s, I think. Buster I Keaton. I don't know any of these people. He was a, a movie star back in the day, mm. and he was the first action star. Oh, do all his own stunts? He is amazing. I'm going to show you something really quickly, and mm-hmm. I'll put it on the screen. Okay. Is it going to get, are we going to get copyrighted? Well, no, I'll, I'll just do it quickly so you can see it. Okay. So here's Buster Keaton, who is just amazing. Oh, you've shown me him before. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's like the original Jackie Chan. His stunts were nuts. He had to have so many injuries. He was a stuntman in the the silent era, I believe. Oh, cute. But look at all of his amazing things that he does. Oh, and the car just pulls him away. That's crazy. Yeah. And I think some of it was done with cinematography as well. Like he, it was a blend of camera, fancy camera work, plus a guy who is willing to risk it all to be a big star. Yeah. And, um, I'm too much of a chicken. Yeah. I was, I don't like to be in pain. You guys know my, my back hurts. I don't like it. I had finger cut, had to, I took very good care of it. Make sure it healed up real good. So don't like anything to be painful. Do you have respect for what he does? Sure. That's pretty cool. Right. I think that's just like wrestlers you know they they do these fantastic stunts except with a persona you know where they're but the personas that's where you lose me is costumes (laughs) and personas because there's no redeemable qualities in any of the wrestlers especially from like the 80s and 90s that's why i find backyard wrestling to be very interesting because there's not as much steroid abuse so they're small and like like here comes what is it uh Trevor the Twiggy alien, you know, versus... Oh, like at the Trailer Park Boys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, know. they're not wrestlers at all, Sean. That's why. Well, they're amateur. They don't have costumes. They don't have any routines. It's just backyard wrestling. Which that's I, totally different. And that's fine. But again, I'm not going to go watch it. All right, guys. Well, I tried. <laughs> hey, one last thing before we go, mm-hmm. Katie. Um, when your mother was here, yes. she ordered something mm-hmm. and it was on the counter. Mm-hmm. 
and it's from a seed company. Yes. And you open up the envelope. Healthy Harvesters. Oh, it's from Huntington Beach, California. Funny. Yes. And we opened it and mm-hmm. it says 40 golden berry seeds. Yep. But I said, where did this come from? And she, she didn't know that she... She forgot ordered, that she she'd forgot. ordered it. But it was so nice because we're going to plant this. Yeah, we just couldn't because we had the freeze. And these are, well, you can see oh, them Oh, look here. at the little things. Golden. Ba- are they the things that I like? Are those the golden? Ground cherries. Oh, my mama, she spoils me. Right. So we have to look it up. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they're not sea monkeys. You know, <laughs> or the little guy with the prince, that, which is basically like a brine shrimp. Mm-hmm. But it, I'm excited Ooh, to plant this. You guys, I talked about these Melissa's which they were so nice because I mentioned them on Instagram. They're like, if you want any more, just let us know. We'll send them. And I'm like, yes, please. Please send them. So in Montreal, Sean's sister introduced me to ground cherries. I get back to California and I'm like, I'm sure we grow everything here. How come I not? Can't find this. Turns out in Trader Joe's a few months later, they come out with what's called golden berries. And that's what we call them here. I don't know why they're ground cherries in Montreal, but it is it a gooseberry? I have no idea. Goes by many names, it go, but it's the they're tart and they're kind of pineapple-y. I really love them, and they have a sticky coating and, yeah, a, and very, a brown paper bag that, or not, but a husk, that, a little husk, almost like a tomatillo does, right? But like a tiny tomatillo. I wonder if they're cousins, the tomatillo. Oh, golden berries are bright orange-colored fruits that are closely re- related to the tomatillo. Like tomatillos, they're wrapped in a papery husk called a calyx that must be removed before eating. Slightly smaller than cherry tomatoes, these fruits have sweet, tropical taste, somewhat reminiscent of pineapple and mango. Sometimes Many- they can be really uh, mm. tart though. And that's that's kind of part of the fun. Yeah, I like it. Anyway, they have an impressive nutrient profile. They hold a moderate number of calories. Nobody cares about that. Phosphorus, iron, vitamin A, niacin, riboflavin, thiamine, and vitamin C. It's the complete berry. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't say that they're called ground cherries. So mm. also good for inflammation, it says. But let me look up ground cherries and see if that if there's any information that tells us anything different. They're exactly the same. Huh. Looks exactly the same. Perfect. We're going to have those growing in the backyard. Hopefully we're in the right zone. I think your mom checked. We're like 8A or something like that, which mm-hmm. is. This is a really easy to grow. Well, ground cherries, golden berries. I didn't look, but I don't. Are these the same, you guys? Now, so this is the gardening segment. We're getting into it. Right? Flowering plants in the nightshade family. They're native to the Americas and Australia. It doesn't say Australia. It says the Americas and Australasia. Australia. Australasia. Australasia. That's a weird word. It's a lot of A's. It's a lot of A's. Okay. Straight there, A's. But there are at least 46 species that are endemic to Mexico. Oh. Cultivated and weedy species have been introduced worldwide. Hmm. Well, I wa- oh, a Cape gooseberry. That's what I'd seen it called also. So I, I think it must have like a bunch of different names, but ground cherries, Cape gooseberries. Yeah, some species. Oh, so it's different species. Mm. So we've decided on planting these and mm-hmm. then, you know, follow along with our journey at gooseberry. And just to wrap it up, growers. And Wikipedia, which is whatever kind of resource you want it to be, the fruit of many species. So there's varieties, right? Are generally referred to as physalis, ground cherries, husk tomatoes, husk cherries, poha berries, and golden berries. Which one would you like to use out of that? Because that's a lot of, that's like you got 10 different names, but which one? I think I'm going to call it 
golden berries. I do like that name. I'm going to call it the poha berry. When poha. people come over and they say, what is that you're growing? Poha. Like, that there is the poha. Your technically says golden berries. Yes. I think that's the type it is because right. there's different species, Sean. True, true, true. You don't get to choose. See, isn't gardening can be fun, guys. And uh, we may kill these seeds. I don't know, but we're going to try and grow we're gonna, them. I think we have to do something to them. F- well, let's read. Because yes. you might have to like germinate them first or get them going. Get it and then play put a little in the dirt. Light jazz for them. You know, a little bit of moisture. Do, 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 do. They like to be whispered. A wet towel. You gotta whisper to A little bit them. of the darkness. Say you good. You and got the, this. The roots come out. You can do this. And they, they start to grow. Mm. And then you take them out and you plant them in the garden. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. We gotta find the right kind of dirt too. And I don't want to do battle with the birds, but I think we will have to because they're bright we're, red, right? We're, they're bright orange. Hummingbirds are gonna be our We're gonna have to nemesis, put a little net. Right. Like my mom does. We're going to have to train Roxy with some hummingbird videos Except on YouTube. we have YouTube. to make sure it's closed. Remember, because my mom would get them caught in there and she'd have to try to let them out. And that one time we watched her cat murder one because it couldn't get out. <gasps> it was terrible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, guys. Well, okay. that's gardening for you. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, stick around for more exciting <laughs> adventures. We may have cucumbers, snap peas. I don't know. Well, time will tell. Gardens are upon us. We miss you and our garden loves you too. <laughs> Have a wonderful weekend, you guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.